It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last time we heard from Kelsey Duffy all about how she's building her business first zucchini through wholesale and e-commerce. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Vanessa Adgamang is the founder and designer of Copper Dust, a luxury British home decor brand specialising in handmade lampshades and limited edition illustrations. They launched back in August 2014 and now get around 10 orders per month. Hi, Vanessa. Hello, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Excellent. Um, well, I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and a little bit about where you are right now. But how did you get started off in e-commerce? So initially, I was working in design and build for a, a number of years. And at the time, I was kind of frustrated in the position I was in. And it just so happened at around the same time, my friend was renovating a house and she was after sort of a statement piece sort of lampshade so we went around shopping for ages and we couldn't find anything and I thought well I don't particularly like where I am in my job I'm just going to teach myself how to make lampshades I mean I had like a design background anyway so Mm. that obviously helped and then that was it really oh cool and then so it was kind of a product first and it was like right I've created this product how do I take it to market scenario exactly exactly uh-huh. So how did you decide to go, right, shall I correct, shall I get a stall, at a, you know, Portobello Market or something, or shall I go um, and go wholesale, or shall I go retail? How did you make that decision? Well, I had, I did a lot of research, and I knew e-commerce was on the uprise, and um, I had done freelance work where I had designed websites for clients. Oh. So I had always had it in my mind because I didn't want to have the overhead cost of being a startup and paying for a space. I thought, I'm going to start online and I'm going to see where it takes me. And that's how it's been so far. Oh, cool. And um, is an e-commerce side of things, you're glad you went down that route? I am actually. It's a lot easier to maintain and to manage. And it's also like a central hub. So everyone kind of goes to the site to find what they want, which is great. So it's helping your other sales channels as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, let's, before we, we kind of dive into all that kind of thing, um, let's, let's just cover off the basics of where you are right now. So you're in London, UK, aren't you? So uh, where in the world do you currently sell to? So at the moment, I'm only trading in the UK, but um, been in talks um, just recently and we're hoping to start shipping from next year internationally. Um, actually, after in September, we did a pop-up shop in Amsterdam, oh, wow. which uh, yeah, which went really well because Amsterdam are very big on homeware. So we're looking to start if we're going to start in Europe, probably start in Amsterdam and then try and make our way to the states. So, uh, how did you find the pop-up store experience? It was very uh, what was to say? It was quite fast-paced, but the area where we had the pop-up shop was in a very design-led area so it was really good experience to get feedback on how their market is and what they expect 
and how it differs from the UK. It was nice to have a different experience, a lot more relaxed and laid back when it comes to kind of design and their style of items. So it was a good way to research a potential new market. Exactly. Yeah. And the sales were quite nice too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, So the product, uh, as I said earlier, it's lampshades and it's prints. How did yes. you come up with that? That Well, we, we know why, why you got into the lampshades because of that, that problem that your friend was having. But how did you end up adding prints into the mix? So I've always uh, enjoyed illustrating and fine art. I studied fine art and I'd already ha- had a skill for drawing. And I thought, well, this is going to be the perfect opportunity for me to showcase my work. Because initially, when I told people I do lampshades and illustrations, they're like, how is that combination <laughs> even a thing? And I I was like, well, eventually I want to expand into the whole home decor range of having furniture and bed linen and stuff. But that's, I just sort of focused on my areas of expertise that I knew that I could do. Mm -hmm. And that so happened to be illustrations and then lampshades I kind of added as a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) So are you finding people will buy both or or do you have lampshade customers and uh, print customers? So at the moment they're kind of separate. So I'm hoping to combine them together. I think once the collection grows and I could do more like gift room sets, I think people will more see it together. But it's very so much separate at the moment. Okay, cool. And um, what platform did you decide to sell on with your with your skill, your web design skills from the past? What, what did you go with as a software platform? So I settled with Shopify, which has been amazing. I'm a big fan of Shopify. So am I. Um, <laughs> I love, love they can't do no wrong in my eyes <laughs> well if anyone's thinking of going on the Shopify route you can get a great offer if you head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify surprisingly <laughs> enough um, and uh, have you I mean I think I find one of the best things about Shopify is how many plugins you know if you've got a you've got a problem you google it and then you'll find a plugin that solves it whether that's oh we need a loyalty program or i need a pop-up or mm. i need a better way to merchandise my products whatever you want it seems to have already been built so mm-hmm. have you got any kind of key pop-up key pop-ups key plugins or anything that you're using um at the moment i've started using a new pop-up so when someone goes on the website and they're about to leave it will display like um, a discount code mm-hmm. for new buyers so i started to use that and most recently, they have a new one where it's like a virtual employee called Kit. Mm-hmm. And it handles like your sales and marketing. And I gave that a trial just to see how that was. So it kind of like posts your images on your Facebook or on your Instagram, creates ad. And it actually drove a lot of traffic to the site. So I'm thinking of using that to do a few campaigns on the website to see how it goes. Oh, wow. So what was that one called? It's called Kit. K-I-T. Yes, because uh, I know everyone will have gone. Really, I can. I can. Ooh, uh, okay, <laughs> I need to know about that one. Okay, yeah. cool. So, uh, so we'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes, everybody. Yeah. Um, any others? Um, just those two at the moment. Yeah, in terms for plugins for Shopify. Yeah, just using those two. Cool. Um, and what's your team looking like? Because I know you're very much kind of in that early startup stage. How many of you are there? Who are you using? What are you outsourcing? So at the moment, I've been a one-man band. But when I had the trade show, I did hire some design interns for three months. Um, I got them from 
Ravensbourne University and they were amazing actually they're really really good so what I've started to sort of do when it gets really really peak I've just started taking on interns and sort of giving them the work experience so we both benefit and it's been really good oh cool so you literally just when there's a big project getting the interns gives them the experience gives you the the um the ability to be able to do it well and then see what happens exactly yeah I like that. And I, I love that you just mentioned the um, the trade show there because that's that's where I actually came across Copper Dust is you you exhibited for the first time at Top Draw in London. Uh, well, we're recording this, everybody, back in 2016. So it was about a month ago, wasn't it? Yes. How, how yes. did you find your first trade show? It was a very stressful experience. <laughs> the most stressed I've ever been, I must say, but it was definitely worth the stress. I mean, it had been like months and weeks of planning and sleepless nights. But when everything came together, it was just, you know, when you have a moment when you feel so proud. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. And, and you did that in order to create a bit of wholesale interest in the in the products. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and have you got a couple of tips? Because I, I know there's a lot of people listening who have created their own products, who like the idea of getting that wholesale sales. Have you got any tips for them about approaching an event like Top Draw or another wholesale trade event? Are there any? Are there a couple of things either you're really glad you planned or that you'd do for next time that you could let people know? I think I would set myself, I mean, as I was going in as a newbie, I was kind of just freestyling, but I would definitely set myself goals and deadlines of when things have to be done and completed. Like, they were really helpful. They have a sort of a exhibitor platform where it has deadlines and goals for you as the exhibitor. But I would really recommend setting goals for yourself so you don't become bombarded with stuff. Because it was like, once you started one task, it turned out the one task was 10 tasks. <laughs> what, like working out what your stand looks like or doing exactly. the pre-marketing and that kind of thing? Yes, yes, Exactly. Okay, so it's all it's all about the planning up front, really. Yes, do as much planning as possible and have that room where things might not go as planned. And did you did you pre-organise any meetings or were you literally just waiting to see who came past? I had pre-organised a few of my clients to come down and put them on the VIP register. But other than that, it was a matter of just following the footfall and then for them coming up to the stand really cool and uh and and it was successful for you yes i would say so um yeah definitely i learned i even learned a lot from the exhibitors that were there they were really helpful they gave loads of advice and a lot of people had mentioned to me oh it's your first trade so don't expect anything just use it as a marketing platform so initially I was going in with that mindset but then I did it did translate into sales and orders and into shop interest and leads so I guess I got quite lucky in that sense oh nice real cold hard cash coming out the back of it which is, is <laughs> always nice <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> okay cool so um first we talked touched on a lot of different bits and pieces there and you've clearly got quite a lot going on but what do you think is the most awesome thing about copper dust right now Right now, I would definitely say it is the amount of interest generated from, because alongside um, Top Draw, I actually did another event. So in September, every week I had a a big kind of mini press launch. So Mm -hmm. in the first week of September, I did a collaboration with a luxury journalist blogger in Buster and Punch showroom. 
Right. Which was amazing. Then we had Top Draw and then we did a pop-up shop in Amsterdam. So all of that combined cultivated this mass of interest from uh, retailers, bloggers, interior designers. So it was like domino effect. Wow. So you, you basically in September, you just went really big. Literally, big <laughs> or go home. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What? Well, let's. Maybe next year we'll do a pop-up shop. We'll do a trade show and a big blog influencer piece. Should we do it all in one month, <laughs> or should we do it across six months? I don't know. It doesn't sound like a lot of work. <laughs> let's do it all in one month. How did you cope with that? Because that that is a lot to pull off in in a couple of weeks. I'm. I must say, I've only just about recovered. I kind of took myself to a retreat a couple of days ago to just breathe because it was. I. I don't know. I always do this to myself. I kind of over anticipate, and then when it comes to, I'm like, oh my goodness me, this is a lot of work. Because it's, as you said earlier, it's all about the preparation to make mm. sure you're you're awesome on those days, but it's also about the follow up. Um, the follow up is what got me. That is the key. I would say. <laughs> And it, it, but it's a killer because you've just done what top draw was three days. How long was your pop up? The pop up we did for two days. So, so you've got like these, these full on 48 hour, 36 hour events. 48, mm. no, that doesn't make sense. 48 hour, 72 hour yeah. events. Yeah. And then, then basically the second you get back to your desk, you have to be firing off emails and follow ups and all the rest of it, which is just, and I guess in your case also picking and packing some, um, some samples for people. Yes, yes. A lot of people requested a lot of samples and follow-ups. And also, because the product range is kind of growing, because I launched two collections, a lot of uh, shops were interested in certain products or certain collections. So it it wasn't a case where I could send the whole catalogue to one person because they only wanted a selected few. So it was remembering which one is going to which person Mm -hmm. and the matter of staying on the ball, really. Yeah, not, not an easy task. Not at all. <laughs> and um, given in this this um, crazy month of September, you did one event focused on retail and one event focused on wholesale. Mm-hmm. Which do you think is is the one you'll be focusing on in 2017? Because they're they're quite different markets to service. It doesn't mean you can't do both of them, but but where do you think the the biggest opportunity is for you at the moment? I would say. Um... Going on from the leads that I have, I mean, I've been working with a lot of trade designers, but following from that, I would say definitely retail over wholesale. And the reason in being and saying that is that um, when we did, I went as a collaborative to Amsterdam to do this pop-up shop with Enterprise Nation. They sort of help small businesses and startups. And we had the buyer of John Lewis with us, which was amazing. So she gave us a lot of insight on how like, big brands like that buy and wholesale and stuff like that and because copper dust is a made-to-order business and everything is handmade and limited edition I quickly realized that wholesale would not be the correct avenue for me to go down Mm -hmm. so I will be probably more focused on doing boutique stores and retailers sort of buying 20 10 or 30 products at a time rather than doing a mass of like 500 because it wouldn't make any sense yeah, it's like you, you don't want to sell into John Lewis, but selling into a couple of boutiques, selling into a couple of great interior designers would be perfect. You know, just, just some larger retail orders, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, so it's definitely a lot of lessons learned during your crazy month. Yeah, so many lessons. 
Cool. And um, you've you've obviously uh, done quite a lot of PR as well, having a look around your website. You've been you've got the the networking communities like Enterprise Nation. You've got the events you've been doing and been featured at. You've got magazines and all the rest of it. Is is PR a really important angle for you in promoting the business? I would say PR PR probably takes up almost 60 to 70% of my time at the moment. And that is solely because I'm an e-commerce platform. So whereas there's not a physical shop, if I don't kind of promote the website or the brand, people will not, I will not get the traffic that I need to the website. Whereas if you have a physical shop, people can know, oh, okay, you have a shop, you can go there. Whereas website, if you don't keep talking about it, it gets lost. And what would you class as those tasks in the world of PR that take up that 60-70% because PR could cover a world of sins. So what what's kind of the activity you're doing there? The type um, of activity. So it's sort of interacting on platforms such as Instagram. Facebook kind of self-generates at the moment. Um Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest mainly because obviously I'm a visual brand. So and it's very important especially for like trade buyers and interior designers. They create mood boards from Pinterest and now Pinterest you can actually physically press a button and you can sell from the site as well so it's very important to keep those channels on trend and always current with what your new products are so it's it's about interacting with the journalists as well as the customers on those key key channels for you exactly yeah Nice. So, um, so obviously there's, there's quite a lot that could be in the mix for 2017, but what are the key things on your radar, your to-do list at the moment? For 2017? Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about doing a pop-up shop for a long term rather than just like a day or so, maybe for a month. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of sort of how to put that together I would like to do it collaboratively with brands that are complement copper dust as well. And just finding different ways to put the brand out there physically, because obviously it's an e-commerce platform and it needs to go hand in hand. But the only thing is with copper dust, because it's a luxury brand, market stores type of thing don't actually work. It has to be. <laughs> I tried that was yeah. the very first thing I tried and it failed epically. And oh, I really? Yeah, yeah. People wanted to get bargains. And they didn't appreciate the fact that it was handmade and took hours to craft. Yeah, it was like, what is it, what, is it not a fiver? <laughs> yeah, exactly, kind of yeah. thing. You'll tell them the price and they'll look at you with disgust, like, how dare you? So it's finding the right location and the right people to partner with. Yes, yes. I would say collaboration, I've learned, is definitely key. You can spread your seeds much further when you collaborate with other individuals. And that would be in London? Well, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> For now, yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I'm going to say yes. Oh, cool. Well, uh, well, do let me know when it happens and I'll make sure we, uh, we, we, we tweet it in social media and et cetera for you. Oh, definitely, yeah. Okay, well, I think it's time we go into the top tips round now. Uh, so this is a section I love because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Vanessa, first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, funny you should say that I just finished reading a book called Build a Business from Your Kitchen Table 
mm. which is from the founders of notonthehighstreet.com. Uh-huh. And it was really, really good insight. It gives you, it's almost like a life encyclopedia. It tells you um, what to expect from the businesses, financials, your well-being, um, relationships with family members, relatives, husband, wives, um, the actual products, um, the law. It just kind of gives an overround as what to expect as a startup business. And when you come beyond a startup business, what the next step is to go from investment. It's a really, really, I, I'll probably read it again, to be honest. <laughs> really good. I have to say, given the content of that book and the fact it's by the guys who founded uh, Not on the High Street, I, I'm very glad that finally someone on the podcast has recommended it because we're, we're at what, episode number 94 now, I think. And you mm. are the first, yeah, episode nine, number 94. And you are the first person to recommend that book. So thank you very much for adding it to our list. Um, yeah, amazing book. Really good. Cool. Um, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I would say hmm, my best marketing tool. Let's have a think. I would say my best marketing tool is Twitter. And that is because that is where all the press and the PR lead. I mean, it's not in terms for customers, but obviously if the press talk about your product, then the customers come. And actually, that is how I initially got spotted by Vogue and World of Interiors. They actually found the brand on Twitter, which to this day still amazes me how. <laughs> Don't question it, though. <laughs> no, no, no. Happily, no question. very happily take a Vogue, um, a Vogue <laughs> photo shoot and a, uh, and a, and a and being covered in world of interiors okay so so twitter in order to get the interaction with the press mm-hmm, mm-hmm. excellent uh the tool top tip then maybe a collaboration tool a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day um my favorite tool i've started well i haven't started i've been using it for a while it's called latergram mm. it's where i schedule all my instagram posts in advance which has been incredibly helpful because Instagram is a visual site which always needs to be updated. But sometimes, obviously, I'm so busy, I just don't have the time to do it. So I kind of take a day out and schedule maybe a month's worth of Instagram posts. And all it does is when it's time for the post to go live, it just asks you to press send and then that's it, you're done. Oh, so you get to just double check it's okay? Yes, yeah. Oh, that's a really nice feature. Yeah, really, really handy. Oh, cool. And that's, that was Latergram, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that one. Yeah. Excellent. And then there's startup top tip, last, last of all. Um, if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? My first tip would be to research. And when you think you've researched enough, research even more. <laughs> um, do a trial period and then research again. <laughs> so just keep researching just continuously research because everything sounds nice in theory until you actually do it yeah and that and that's basically research about routes to market and customer base and those kind of things yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah nice so master plan world you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 94 
Vanessa, before we say goodbye, would you please let our listeners know where they can find your business on the web and social media, please? So you can find Copper Dust on www.copperdustlondon.com and for Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, it is Copper Dust LDN. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 94 or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Vanessa, thank you so much for being on the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast today and for giving us so many interesting insights to different angles of the world of, of e-commerce and retail. So thank you. No problem. Thank you for having me. We're now just a few episodes away from number 100. Not our 100th show, I know, with all the crazy lettered and numbered bonus episodes I've put in there for you, but I think the number 100 still feels a bit special. So for that show, I'm going to be answering your questions. So if there's something you'd like me to answer on the podcast, head over to the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group and post it. Don't forget to include both your question, your name and your uh, your shop address because I'll read all of that out, give you that name check, give you that plug on the podcast. It is that simple. Either search for the group on Facebook, so it's called the e-commerce master plan world group, uh, or go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook and that will direct you straight there. Now make sure you come back next week to hear my interview with serial e-commerce entrepreneur Rebecca Clements. Have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.